You are listening to the Uncommon Truth Podcast, produced by the Father's House Church in Oroville, California. I'm Luke, and we created this podcast because we want to explore Christianity the way that Jesus intended it to be. If you're interested in joining us on this journey, make sure you subscribe to this podcast, or for more resources, check out changeoroville.org. In ministry, I was 19 years old, and I had fallen in love with Jesus, and I'm worshiping at this gathering. I think it was a I think it was a night, Sunday night church service, I think. And they had seen me a couple times at this church, and they noticed how I worship. And they came over and asked me to be the youth pastor. <laughs> I was 19, maybe. And, uh, oh, yeah. A week before, I'd been asked, you know, I'd been at this Happy Hunters thing, and God's calling you to the ministry, and if he's calling you, stand up. And he definitely called me, and a week later, they asked me to be the youth pastor. So that's how I got into ministry. And one of the things that, one of the things about getting into ministry is the responsibility for others' lives. And you're trying to share with people what you have found, what you have. And they're claiming they're getting it. And you're reading them from this book, and they're claiming they're getting it. And they're praising right alongside of you. And they're saying the words, I love, but then their life just goes to crap. And you go to John and you read the sower went out to sow some seeds and you go, oh, that explains that. But why? Why does, what, he was chosen for his life to go to crap? They lose it. It's like the hokey pokey. They got it in, they're out, they're in, they're out. They shake it all around for a minute. Sometimes they turn around. But it just, you know, it's just like, it's like they've got it, then they don't have it. Why would anybody... And we have testimonies all the time. You know, we, we don't do it here in the church, but we have so many different things where testimonies are shared where I was miserable. I was lost. I wanted to commit suicide. You wanted to commit suicide. You found Jesus. Did it for two, three years. But then you went back to the person that wanted to commit suicide. You went back to the drug or the alcohol or the life or the, the way you deal with the opposite sex. I remember one time a guy, I said to a kid, because I had to ask him to leave. He was just totally, he was unteachable. And just, I said, I, I just got to go. The Lord said, give him a chance. I said, okay, how do I give him another chance? Ask him what he wants. Well, what do you want? I found you sleeping in an alley. You had no place to live. You, you were a child. Well, what do you want? I want what you have. You know what I have? Nick Cole walked by and kissed me on the cheek while I'm talking to him. He goes, yeah, I want that. I want, I want children that love me. I want to be a dad. And then your marriage with your wife, the way you and your wife are, I want, I want that. I want to own a business. Well, those things are good, but is there anything you want more? Yeah, I want to know Jesus like the way you know Jesus. It's like, well, you're going to have to do what I do and follow me. You're going to have to live the way I live, but more than any other thing, I can answer that question is you got to fall in love with Jesus. It's not a religion. If you follow a religion, there will be some good. And in, in many thousands of people, many even probably millions of people, they followed a religion their whole life and they, they had great benefits and great testimonies. But it isn't what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is that invitation that says, enter into the, my rest, my good and faithful son. I'm looking for that. That's what I want to hear. That's the... 
eye on the prize. That's my prize, the upward call of God in Jesus Christ, to have that said to me, to have that, I go to prepare a place for you to be about me. And it really was pretty simple for me. I met him. I read Revelation. Then I read John. Okay, I said, if you're real, I'll follow you. So I'm all in. What do we do now? It's your, my life, I read it. It said, it said in here, my life is his life now. I gave it to him. So all those dreams I said I lost, all the, all the things I said people robbed me of it, none of it matters anymore because the only dream I have now is him. He's my only dream. That's what I agreed to at that altar. That's what I agreed to when I read this. It's no longer about me. It's now about him. So what does he want from me? Well, let me try to tell you that the most recent thing, I've movement I've seen, that when I first saw it, I thought, oh, no, this will kill faith. That movement was all about how much the Father loves me. And all the things the Father has for me, all the benefit packages of Christianity, the, all of the, the Father loves you stuff, you know, miracles, signs, and wonders are yours because, and I said, oh no. I happen to know when all, all this, all, when you join something for what it can do for you, it will never satisfy. If I try to figure out my own version of the Father loves me, I'm burying the lead. I'm, that's, it's, I'm burying the most important thing. Because the Bible itself tells me what it means to have the Father love me. It tells me what the Father's love is. But in this movement, these four verses were never, ever quoted. And this is what they say. For God so loved the world that he gave his son to die on a cross as a sacrifice for my sins. This is the love of the, it also says, this is the love of the father. And I'm like, I know these things. This is like, this is my anthem in life. I look at the cross, I look at the crucifix and I say, yeah, you, I don't know why everybody needs a revelation of the father's love. It's right there on the cross. It's right there before me. It's, I was a sinner. No hope of hearing those words. Enter into my rest. No hope of going to heaven. And then he came and paid the penalty for my sins. And the Bible says that's the love of the Father, that he sent his son to die on a cross. This is how we know the love of the Father, when we know that he sent his son to die on a cross. So, heck, that's a done deal. I don't need a revelation. I need to believe it. It says it as plain as day, over and over that that cross is the love of the Father. But I mean, during that 20-year stretch, there were conferences all over the world, Father, Heart of God. Everything, churches that never said the name of Jesus, trying to declare the love of the Father. You can't declare the love of the Father without the story of Jesus, because the Bible says Jesus is the love of the Father. <laughs> his suffering on the cross and his resurrection from the dead this is the love of the Father. His becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us is the glory of the God, of the Father God revealed to us. We have beheld his glory. 
glory as of the only begotten of God. He is the revelation of God's love. So what should we be concerned with? What should we have as our first thought in the morning and our last thought at night? Loving Jesus. It's a given. It's a done deal. The nails have been pounded. The thorn crown has been made. The whip has been swung. The fists have pounded him. The spear has, it's done. The love of the Father is done. Now, what are you going to do about it? And I've thought of all those people that are hokey pokey, man. They're in, I believe, I believe, I believe. Then they're out. Don't judge me. Then they're in, I'm in. Then they're out. Don't judge me. You know the cycle I'm talking about? All they do there is judge you. I didn't judge you. You judge you. I'm not the judge. But I am trying because I said I love you. I'm trying to tell you what you're doing. Like, it's not going to work out for you living like that. You've got to figure out, do you love him? Let me read some verses for you. John 14, 23, and 24. This could be the most ridiculously, absurdly ignored verse and philosophy of the Bible. That light is hard. Okay, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Is anybody at an age and education that doesn't understand that? I love you, Jesus. Well, stop for a minute. Do you keep my word? No, then you don't love me. Yeah, I never hear you say, I love you, Jesus. But I keep his word. Oh, then you're in. Look at the next ones. And my father will love him. Who's he? Who will the father love? Whoever loves Jesus. Who loves Jesus? Keeping his word. Tell me you love him, but you don't keep his word. You don't love him. Tell me you got the father's love. You got a revelation of the father heart of God. Not if you don't obey Jesus. And I think that, I think back of all those literally thousands of people I have pastored, youth, their parents, once you become a youth pastor, you are, everybody owns you at youth ministry. Parents own you, and if they don't get to own you, they complain about you. They control you. Hey, would you do this with my kid? And if you don't do that, if you're going to, you know, to a great America, you got to make that my kid stay right next to you. I got 60 kids going. I can't pay attention to your daughter. If your daughter doesn't obey you and stay next to me, I don't know what I can do for you. It's like, I mean, you are a target. And it's like, I think of all those thousands of people. I love Jesus. Yeah, I love God. Where are they? And I think about their lives and their lifestyles and the way they presented their Christianity. And I know the difference between them and me. I've never gone backwards. Vicky's never gone backwards. And I know many people that I've led to Jesus in my life. I, I know them. They haven't gone backwards. They love the Lord. My pastor in Spokane Joe has loved the Lord his whole life. He met him. He loves him. And he, he teaches. Fall in love with Jesus. And trust him, and he'll take care of the rest. 
Pretty simple understanding of the Bible. Love Jesus. And you saw that verse, put it back up. They're always talking about your father loves you. I said, well, it's really what's more important than you knowing that is knowing that you love him in return. Because as if you love me, my father will love you. We will come to him and make our home in him. You understand? I mean, Christianity manifested on this world is through me and you. And anyone who loves Jesus keeps his word and receives the love of the Father, which is the cross and the suffering of Jesus Christ. So there we have it, what love is. But we go to Matthew 10, 37. There's even more. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble if I don't do that. Not worthy of him. He who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found his life will lose it. He who lost his life for my sake will find it. This is the definition of loving Jesus. I can tell you, just before my wedding, Vicki was a three-week-old Christian when I married her. You know, four-week, what, five-week, I don't know. I led her to Jesus, been wanting her to follow Jesus since I first knew her. And once she found Jesus, now she's qualified for me to marry. Dead serious. I would never go near a girl that didn't love Jesus. And, G and Vicki came and loved Jesus, and we got married. But just before our wedding, she said, isn't it cool that we have each other as our number one? And I had to tell her, you can never be my number one. And I'm trying, I really hope I'm never yours. Jesus has to be number one. And you know, I was pretty comfortable in that. And it was pretty easy to do until Nicole was born. And then I realized, oh, no, I've never experienced a love like this. Do I really love Jesus more than this baby? And I had to make the commitment to make that true because I loved her so much. I wanted her safe. I wanted me safe. And the only way that's possible is if I obey Jesus and the Father loves me and I can receive the Father's love, which is the cross. That's a, that's a hope that I have to protect my daughter. That's the hope that I have to protect my marriage. It's the hope that I have to protect my mind is that I fall in love with Jesus, and I love him his way. If you love me, you'll obey me, he said. If you love me, you'll keep my word. You want to know the one that loves me, he said? The one who keeps my commandments. People say all the time to me, yeah, I love Jesus. Your life says you don't. And I look again at the thousands of people I've seen in my life who said they love him, who said they're Christian. And then they go back like the dog to his vomit, or they go back to the hog pens that you take the products of Sun Story. Guy's in a hog pen saying, my, in my father's house, at least I can eat better than the pigs. I'm going back to my father's house. Can you imagine that kid getting the robe and the ring and the fatted calf and the party? He gets his dad back. And he says, you know what? Them pigs weren't that bad. 
Anybody been there? Uh, yeah. the pigs weren't so bad. Come on, there was only two hands went up. Anybody, anybody understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, pigs weren't so bad. Can you imagine that's what we're doing, leaving our father's house? He took us back. And we go back to the hog pens. Come on, man. John 13, 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you. Oh, no. That you also would love one another. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that, trusting in everything but him? i got to tell you, the only way to accomplish that is to trust the Lord. you got to trust him for your money, your time, your energy, your health. you got to trust him for everything. you got to start to fall in love. And if you do, and you say, I want, I want to say I obey Jesus, well, that's the only thing. That, you'll find that's the only thing he asked of you. And what he's saying that if you do it, you'll obey everything. To do that one thing obeys everything. It's like, because there's a lot, you know, 613 commandments in the Old Covenant alone. And one in the New Covenant. That one fulfills them all. Love one another. Jeez. What am I going to do? People are a mess, man. People are judgmental. They're mean. They're, they're going to love as he loved? Well, he did love me that way. It's pretty cool. I mean, it's pretty cool how he loved me. I mean, I could talk to you for the next 50 Wednesdays on how he loved me, and I wouldn't even come close to fulfilling the whole story. We can talk about that all. But then when he says, okay, now that you spent 50 weeks talking about how I love you, that's what I'm asking you to do for each other. And then you want to say you love me, well, that's what you have to do to obey that. You want to show that you love me? You want to, be, you want to know that you love me? And this is, this is the example he used. You bought something for you? You bought yourself a surfboard? Did you buy one for them? <laughs> it's like, no, you bought yourself a nice dinner. Did you buy one for him? That was Lazarus and the rich guy. You bought yourself many comforts, but you never bought one for Lazarus. No, he's not losing his position, and you're not getting out of yours. Do you love Jesus? We get to Peter on the, on the shore. Peter has betrayed him. Peter has failed him. Peter has said, I didn't even know him. The day after he said, I'll never forsake you, Jesus. I'll never forsake you. And the next day, I don't know him. Lady, I wasn't with him and I don't know him. And the rooster crowed. And he ah, ran away in shame. And he meets Jesus down by the water. And Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? You know I do. Well, those are just words. Peter, do you love me? Oh, God. Jesus, why do you ask me over and over? Of course you know I love you. If you love me, feed my lambs. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, tend my lambs. I hear all the time people say, what you do doesn't define you. 
What you do isn't who you are. What you do is the only thing that defines you. That's what Steve Orsillo is telling you. If you lie, you're a liar. You steal, you're a thief. That defines you. You love Jesus, you love Jesus. You love him in actions, that's who you are. You're a lover of Jesus. You're only what you do. You trust Jesus, it'll be seen in your actions. Given you shall receive, Jesus says, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I've heard that in offering prayers for 50 years, 49 anyway. And it's like, okay, here's Jesus, and he looks just like a vending machine. And in this window's a $100 bill, and in this window's a 20 10 5 1 Take out whatever you want, put it in, and you'll get ching, ching, a whole bunch more of whatever you gave will be put out. That's how it's preached. Let me just tell you something. If that were true, and you could put in $100 and get 1000 back, tenfold return, you would have just settled for the most measly return of all time. You got your payment. You got your 1000 for 1000 for 100. You got your $10 for your one. You just got you just got paid back in the the most miserably low form of all time. And what's promised to you is I go to prepare a place for you for eternity. I, it will go well with you in the land. Your harvest will come in due season. That's why you put the money in the machine. He will take care of you. Your father will care for you more than many sparrows, will know every hair that falls from your head, will know every day of your life and every second of your life. So that's what I want when I put the money in the machine. I want the abundance of God. And what it says, given you shall receive, it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with mercy and forgiveness. It has to do with non-judgment. It has to do with giving it has to do with loving one another as I have loved you. That's how you get the return. And that's the return you want. You provide comfort for you. Did you at once provide comfort for them? Maruna runs a ministry called Our Outreach. And they go out and they do this amazing ministry of comfort and relief and prayer. For people who can't give them anything. Amen, somebody? Is that right? Like that guy on the ground, he's not, he's not going to be a benefit. He's just going to cost you something. That's all he's going to be to you. And most of the time, they don't even receive what you're giving to them in prayer. But they go again, and they go again. I remember one time they asked Mother, Mother Teresa, how often do you help these people? She said, you know, for some reason, I've kept track for this one guy. And, you know, she had a very strong accent, so she's hard to understand, but she said that she had picked the same guy up from the same street and helped him out of the road so that he wouldn't get run over by the vehicles because they would just run over people in Calcutta. She helped him out of the street 1,400 times and that she knew if I walk down that road every night, I, if it's 1,400 more, I will help him out of the street 1,400 more. He has nothing to give me. But he passes out in the street because the pavement is warm. And I help him I help him every night. She was about this tall. She was maybe about Mark's height. I don't know. 
But I'm kidding. I was putting put. <laughs> but here's some of the things I do. You know, what I started right away after reading Revelation, when I was still angry, still mad at things, I just started learning how to say, I love you, Jesus. Right. I love you with all my heart. And I, and I used to say, I love you, Jesus, and I want to be just like you. I said it maybe 500 times a week for the first 30 years of my Christian walk. I love you, Jesus. I just want to be like you. My first thought in the morning, getting out of bed, I love you, Jesus. I want to be like you. There's this thing where you hit the pillow, you know, you lay down, your head hits that pillow, and I don't know if you have it, but it's, it's just like, it's like you've gone to heaven. Like, oh, gosh. I love you. I love you, Jesus, and I just want to be like you. And I read these verses. It's like, and I would fail in the daytime. I would fail. These guys would leave pornography on my seat, and I would fail, and they would I would fail just because I wanted to fail. I would fail for all kinds of reasons. You know, I just, I, my temper would rise. And I remember one day, and it's the day I can tell you that I got free from porn and I got free from these things. And I started really wanting to be delivered from the demon that made me so mad all the time. Was I suddenly realized, you hear every word. You hear me right now. You see me right now. And I realized, I want my word, my, I'm sorry, I want my actions to speak louder than my words. And I say I love you, like I told you. I mean, I said it so many times. I love you, Jesus. I want to be like you. But my actions should speak louder than those words. And I realized that if I'll turn my head, if I'll, if I'll just not look at it, it says, I love you, Jesus, more than anything. If I just don't get mad, if I just step back. You know, she sung the song tonight. She sung the song, Shout to the Lord, right? And I just want to read it to you. And this is what I should be saying every, this is basically what I, how I live my life by the words of this song. It says, my Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my shelter, the tower of refuge and strength for me. Let every breath that all that I am never cease to worship you. And then I shout to the Lord. I let all the earth sing. I, I let them all hear me sing. And I tell them about his power and his majesty. And I give praise to my king. And these words, they're who I am. And I know it. I've done one thing right in 49 years. I've done one thing better than anyone else I know. I have made sure that my voice cries out about the love I have for him. I fell in love with him at an altar 49 years ago, and I won't let it go. Heard a story of about a man married to a woman 25 years, and she was divorcing him, and he says, why are you leaving? Because you never tell me you love me. You never do anything for me. I told you I loved you at our wedding ceremony. That should have been good enough. And I think that's how many people, I got to promise you guys, that's, if you have that attitude, you're getting divorced too. Yeah, yeah. 
One time in 20, yeah, you don't tell him. And if you're telling Jesus, hey, I, I said I loved you at an altar. No, no, no. What I tell him is that I sing for joy at the works of your hands in my life. I sing for joy at the work of your hand in my life. And forever I'll love you. Forever I will stand. I'm not going anywhere, Jesus. Forever I will stand with you. Come hell or high water, I'm with you, Jesus. I love you and I want to be like you. Nothing compares to the promises I have in you. See, this song just, this song says it for me. That's who I want to be. That's who I am. And when I'm singing, it's not about singing. It's not about you singing. It's about me saying to him those words. Shout to the Lord, all the earth let us sing. Shout to the Lord. Last Sunday, I shouted pretty loud when the 49ers came back and beat the Lions. Well, I mean, you shouted too? You clapped too? Well, if I will clap for the 49ers, I mean, there's so many things more important than the 49ers. And the most important thing is what I just read to you in this song. Is it true for you? And I got to tell you this, for the thousands of people I've seen come and go, the hokey pokey Christians. Like it? I'm telling you, I've seen thousands come and go. And I can tell you that the absolute, this is absolutely true. Those that are like me and have never gone, they fell in love with Jesus. They could have went to a boring dead church and they still fell in love with Jesus. And they stayed with him and they didn't backslide because they went, they loved Jesus. They could be taught all kinds of wrong things. But they loved Jesus, and they didn't go back. They weren't the prodigal saying, hey, those pigs weren't that bad. No, they stayed with the Lord. They decided their actions would speak louder than their words because they decided, I want to love him. Because if I love him, that means I will love people. And I've never really liked people, so I'm going to need to, there's got to be a change in me if I'm going to love people. And the only thing that gets me to love people is the want to love him. And if I love him, my fa- his father will love me. I don't need to have a conference about it. I need to decide, do I love Jesus? Have I fallen for him? Is he my first thought in the morning and my last thought at night? Is he my tower of refuge and strength? Is he my king and my God, my master, my owner? Is he the Lord of my life? I might get things wrong, but I never have gotten that wrong. I'm going to love him with all I have. I've always known the minute I do those things, man, I'm saying with my actions, I don't love you. And that just isn't true. I'm going to make my actions follow what my words say. I'm going to make my words follow what my actions do. I'm going to be after you. I on the prize, the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. I'm coming, Jesus. I'm on the straight and narrow. I'm keeping my eye on the door. The door is you. You are the narrow door. I'm following the shepherd. I know his voice. He knows me. I know him. I love Jesus. Thank you. How you doing? You okay? I'm a little over. You okay? This is what you must. This is, this is the absolute must in Christianity is that I love him. You cannot say you love the Lord if you don't trust him. 
You cannot say you love Jesus if you love mother, father, <coughs> brother, sister, sons, and daughters more than him. You can't. The Bible is true, and that's what it says. And that's why people don't preach these verses, because they want to try to get around them. No one's getting around them. Nobody's getting around them. You're responsible for the truth that's in here. And it's so clear. He's so clear. The new covenant is, why do you call me Lord and don't do what I told you to do? Many on that day will say, Lord, Lord, remember, remember me? I went to the Antioch Baptist Church for 40 years. You remember me? I don't even know you. You didn't love me. You loved a message that would make you rich. You loved a message that would make you powerful. You loved a message that would make people say, look at him. You didn't love me. It's a love relationship. It's not a religion. All right, I'm going to let you go. But I think many of you should do business. You know, our altar calls, we tell you this truth and you just go home. If sleep, I can, I can add to that verse. It, he said don't add to it, so I won't, but you can add to it. Anybody that doesn't want to change isn't worthy of me. you got to want to fall in love with Jesus. His name isn't Christ either, it's Jesus. And Jesus is the American form. It's some other word, Yeshua or something. But it's translated Jesus here. That's his name to us. The name of Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he's Lord. There is no other name under heaven or on the earth by which men can be saved and go to heaven. You cannot win the prize, the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. You cannot be on the straight and narrow or get through the narrow door unless you begin to love. And here, a guy asked me the other day, because I'm still going, look at that. Guy asked me the other day. I gave him a tour for insurance purposes, taking notes for two and a half hours because we're trying to get this policy worked out better. And he goes, How big is your church? He saw this room and he goes, Well, how big is your church? How many services you got? I said, Just one service on Sunday morning. I said, We're 250. That's about the size of our adult population. He's walking around all going. You said 28,000 people came to that event. Yeah. You built all of this? How much did you hire out? None. How does 250 people church do this? You have this what? You have a what? You have what? How does a church of 250 do this? I said, we teach them to love Jesus and read his words. You take your church of 5,000 and you start reading these words to them. You read what Jesus said. You read, how do you be worthy of me? You read, how do you have the Father love, love with you? How do you have the power that came down from heaven? How do you get him to make his home in you? How do you get people inspired to give their all? Because you have to get them to fall in love with Jesus. You teach them Jesus, and a church of 250 can do it infinitely more than we do. Look what 11 men did on the day of the crucifixion. Look what 11 men did. Look at the, look at the map. They covered the world, the known world, 11 men who fell in love with Jesus. Quickly now, go tell my disciples and Peter that I wait for them and I'll meet them in the upper room. They had betrayed him, but they 
Where is he? Where is he? You saw him? Tell me about it. They love him. You going to church today? I don't know. Jesus is going to be there. The corporation of the people, they're going to come together in Jesus' name. It's going to be amazing. I'm going, man, because Jesus is going to be there. Where is he? Where is he? I'm going. Is he here? Have you seen the lover of my soul? Have you seen my Have you seen my lamb? Have you seen him? Tell me, where is he? I love him. Let's pray. Father, I love you. And I thank you for loving me with sending Jesus for me because I was lost. Oh God, I was lost. I was a sinner. You set me free. I was a loser and you made me a winner. In the end, I'm going to win because of you. Oh Lord, thank you, Father, for loving us. For your kingdom come, your will be done. Thank you for your ever presence in times of trouble and woe. For your making your home in us, Lord, thank you. For finding us worthy to receive you. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, my God. Hallelujah. Let's just listen to the music and, you know, maybe you could find a way to say, I love you, Jesus. I want to be like you. Just begin to start talking to him, would you? I'd lead you in it, but you got to learn how to love Jesus. You got to learn how to follow him. I love you, Jesus. I want to be like you. I want to love like you love. I want to give like you give. You give. You, you give it all, Lord. You give more than you take two fish and five loaves and make it into giving away a whole buffet. Lord, thank you for healing our souls, healing our minds, healing our bodies. Who thank you for rebuking the devourer and giving, make, allowing us to become sons and daughters. Thank you, Lord. Can you, can you tell him how you love him? Can you tell him? Can you find words to just tell him? Come on, speak up. Let your neighbor hear you. Can you find the words to tell him, just even with your words, I love you, Jesus? When I hug my son Mark and I kiss him, I feel this overwhelming love and I say, I thank you, Jesus, for Mark, and I love you, Jesus, for giving me Mark. I love you. I give you the credit for Mark. I just, I feel it. Can you feel his presence? Can you feel his love for you? And then can you decide, I'm going to love you back. I'm going to fall in love with Jesus. I don't want to be the prodigal going back to the pigs. I don't want to be the dog going back to eat vomit. I want to be invited into the upper room. I want to be a friend to Jesus. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to be worthy of Jesus by obeying him and loving him. Can you just say, I want my actions to speak louder than my words? <laughs> oh, you can't believe what a church of 250 can do. We can change a whole city. We can clean up garbage in a whole neighborhood. We can, we can clean so many toilets, it's unbelievable. 
we can mop and vacuum. Lord, we'll do whatever you call. You call us, we'll come. Send us, we'll go. Because we love you. We just want to be with you. In whatever you're doing, we want to join you. Anybody amen that one? Come on, anybody amen that again? Are you serious about it? Maybe you need to repent. And I'm telling you, you need to repent. Repent before you go out those doors. Kneel at these altars. Confess before men, and I will confess you before my Father. That's what he says. There's no way around it. Confess. And the blood of Jesus. We confess our sins. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from every unrighteousness. Father, thank you for this night. Again, another night, Lord, another day to worship you in this world, to show them who you are, to declare your love. I love you, Jesus. I want to be like you. I want to be like you. Hallelujah. For this is how we know he loves us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross. <laughs> and God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loves me. That's a done deal. How will I love him? I will give all my money, all my time, all my energy. There's nothing I'll hold back to hear those words. Enter into my rest, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the rest that's prepared for you. <laughs> I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would not have told you. For I'm not a man that I would lie. I am with you, even to the end of the age. I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. To those who love him and are called according to his purpose, he makes all things work together for good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't leave without repentance. If you need repentance, you got to move. Repentance requires movement. you got to move away from your, where I'm at. I'm, I'm going a different direction. Maybe you need to repent. Maybe you just need to declare your love for him. Ask him what he wants from you. <clears throat> what does obedience look like? Forgive me for my sins. Hallelujah. If you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe you want to confess faith in him, I want to be a Christian, man, you should come up and talk to these pastors. They are awesome. They will lead you to him. They love him. They will lead you to a love relationship with him. If you've been spinning and constantly hokey-pokeying, in and out, back and forth, making promises and not keeping them, maybe it's time you just lay down your life and surrender. These guys will help you. They'll pray with you. I feel like it's it really demands movement today. So if you just want to love Jesus more, if you want to start 2024 saying, you know, I want that kind of love. I want to fall in love with Jesus. I feel like it, you need to move. So I, if you would, even if you're not repenting, if you just want to be more in love with Jesus than you were yesterday, it's a walk. So I'm going to invite you to just walk forward. Every person who wants to declare, I want to walk with Jesus today. I want to walk closer to Jesus. I want more of Jesus. 
I want my actions to speak louder than my words. Keep coming. Come forward. Keep coming. Keep walking. Keep walking. Every person who feels the call this year, today, to start this year, just declaring to the people around you. Don't stop in the aisleways. Keep coming. Clear the aisle. Keep coming. It's an act of faith. I think it's really important that you do it really strongly to declare, I just want to love Jesus more. I just need Jesus more. Wow. I want him to say to me, well done, good and faithful daughter or son. Jesus, come Holy Spirit. We're just going to have a, a, a few seconds of quiet. Declare your stance today. He said, if you're not with me, you're against me. Decla- Decide today. Does my love for Jesus look like something more than it did yesterday? So, Lord, we pray the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives that we would not rest that we've arrived, but you would convict us when we are not looking like you. You would not allow us to get away with it. If you agree with that prayer, say, I agree with that. Say, Jesus, I give you permission to convict me that I would recognize the difference between conviction of the Holy Spirit and condemnation of the enemy. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to change me, to repent, and to learn to trust you, Jesus, and to love you more every day. Light me up. Let me be the light of the world. This is a risky one, and only pray this if you mean it. Listen to the whole thing. Lord, I don't want to sin casually. If you agree with it, say it. I only want accidental sins, not intentional. Now this is the next one. Don't say it unless you mean it. And Jesus, I intend to never sin again. And if I do, Holy Spirit, convict me. Holy Spirit, light us up like a forest fire in the dark. Light us up like never before that Oroville will know from these children, your sons and your daughters, everywhere they walk, Lord, there would be a freshness. They would say, what is it about you? Why are you happy? Why do you look like I, I want to be next to you? Let us know that we have the truth to everything, the answer to everything. 
is Jesus. Now I want you to say, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. Say it again, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's not God, it's Jesus. Not God, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. That will be the answer you have all this week. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast today. I hope this episode encouraged you, inspired you, maybe even challenged you to keep seeking after everything Jesus has for you and the life he calls you to live. If you haven't already, please take a moment and subscribe to the Uncommon Truth Podcast. That way you'll get every episode each week when it's released. It would really help us if you could rate and review and even share this podcast with anyone that you think would be encouraged by it. Help us spread the message to more people so that we can all live out this Christianity the way Jesus intended it to be. If you would like to get in touch with us, have any questions about the podcast, the topics, or even like us to pray for you, you can do so by emailing us at uncommontruthpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you next time.